This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Rolling along here on the Steelers Standard after Kenny Pickett it went to your Pittsburgh Steelers. What a tremendous day it is in Pittsburgh. Whether you like the pick or you don't like the pick, you got to love at mm. least the optimism, right, Jacob? That's really the biggest thing that is going to be fun as we move forward to training camp is you got optimism now. You got hope. Right. I think you kind of had that with Mitch already, (laughs) but I think it's just been taken up to a whole different level now. You know, I saw Tim Benz tweet out last night saying something like, leading up to yesterday, to last night, Steelers fans everywhere were saying, I like Mitch. I think Mitch is the guy. I'm talking myself into Mitch with every day. Mitch Trubisky. Hey, Mitch Train, let's hop on it. And then once the pick was made, it was like, all right, forget Mitch. We got Kenny. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, you really don't know. There's going to be some kind of battle because, as Tomlin does with almost every position, unless the guy is named TJ Water, Cam Hayward, there's go. He's not going to just hand over the starting position to any guy, no matter who you are. So, there's there was a ton of uncertainty going into last night. Are the Steelers going to have a quarterback available at them to them at number twenty? Once they get to 20, if there is a quarterback available, will they take him? And then once the quarterback was taken, it's, okay, what's going to happen now? Exactly. And it was kind of that waiting moment of just like, yeah, exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. And now you have your quarterback. And, again, there's going to be that optimism heading into training camp, but there's a lot of pressure for him to start and win that starting job. So, what do you think the prospects are of him winning the starting job? Apparently, you've been grinding film of the, the kid all night long. So, like, what do you like from him that you think he can take Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph down? Because it's important to remember that Tomlin said this was going to be a three-person position battle. Right. But that's tough to do, man. Like, you kind of need to whittle that down to two by the time training I think camp starts. Because that's you just... need reps, right? Like, right. You need to get – if you're in a legit battle, you just need to have reps with the first team. So, like – there's only so many of those to go around, and I want to have Kenny getting most of them, to be honest with you. So you got to hope that that gets whittled down to at least two by training camp, really getting started, and hopefully it's at least just Kenny by the time it's you know week three of training camp. Well, here's my thought, Tom. Mason Rudolph has had first-team reps already, so is there a need for him to get a Been lot there, more? Been there, done that. Yeah, is there a need for him to get a lot more? No. Plus, was this just Mike Tomlin saying the right thing to say, saying we know we have three guys who could start for this team, we're not going to count any of them out. Yeah, that was the right thing for him to say because I think it's true. I mean, yes, you would pro- of the three, you would probably want Mason starting the last, right? You don't want you you would probably be happy with happiest with him being quarterback number three because that would mean the guy you drafted and the guy you went out and got both you did so for a reason. If Mason Rudolph beats out either of them, then it's like, what's the what was the point oh, of that? Yeah, that's the worst case scenario. I so think. I do think that... If you that, have Mason Rudolph take your starting snap in week one, well, no, 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 I'm not even injuries, saying... And there I'm not even saying, to it, I think that's a big problem. I'm right? not even saying number one. I'm saying even number two, if he wow. somehow beats out Mitch, okay. then people could say, well, you drafted Kenny, and you put Mason ahead of him, so why did you go and do that? See, I think that that would be kind of bad, but... Nowhere near worst case scenario. No, no. I don't see Mason. I think Mason has the smallest chance of getting number one for sure. But you need to just say, If Rudolph hey, beat out Mitch, it would kind of be bad, but it would also be like, eh, 
Mitch Trubisky. At this Two point, years, fourteen million. What the what the bleep? But at this I mean? point, I mean, at this point, yeah, it doesn't matter. And Before you, you last out night, Ben's tweet last night too, and Ben's pointed out another good point. You know, that's backup quarterback money. Two years, fourteen million dollars. Right. Think, you didn't yeah, break the yeah, bank. Right. You didn't go out and, and pay Deshaun Watson money or Russell Wilson uh, trade value exactly. or, or trade draft capital for that. You you spent backup quarterback money on now a guy who a lot of people are going to predict are is going to be the backup in Mitch Trubisky. So I think the Tom and comment is just optics. It's him being the it's him being a proper head coach and just saying, "Hey, you know, we're not going to just jump the gun here. We're going to we're going to feel things out. We're going to see how each guy works with the team." I think the first team snaps that you'll see throughout the preseason are going to be shared for the majority between Mitch and Kenny. And given that Mitch has worked with more first-team offenses in the NFL because he's been here for longer, I would hope that could mean that it, it adds to the reps that Kenny gets with the first teams. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dream scenario is Kenny Pickett's your one and Mitch is your two, mm-hmm. and then I guess you keep Mason. They like to keep three, right? I so, think you – no, I don't I don't see a scenario, Tom, in which they don't keep all three. Because why would you – and who's going to really take Mason? And right? why would like, you risk if one of the guys goes down, then you if, if you get rid of Mason, then you're your forced – yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So – yeah, I think you're right about that. I think all three guys are safe. Like, I don't think there's any world where they're not going to get a paycheck this year. I think if all things go according to plan, Mason just might be that guy that's in, you know, a sweatshirt on the sidelines mm-hmm. and with the earpiece in relaying plays and, and trying to do the extra the extra coaching thing on the sideline. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, not the worst guy to have. He's been with the team now for, what, four years? Is this Not the worst guy to have, but it's all about that individual person and if they're willing to accept that role. Like, Josh Dobbs was masterful at doing that. You know sure, I mean? absolutely. Like, it's a very humbling thing you have to be able to do. I, I just, I mean, d- does Mason Rudolph not really know his pl- – I don't want to be too too harsh on him, but does Mason Rudolph not really understand his role in the NFL no, at this I mean, point? We, we don't know that. He might, and he might be, you know, he might take this in, in stride. And I mean, this is the guy certainly. who entered the offseason thinking, I'm quarterback one. This <laughs> know, is my team. Two more quarterbacks came in since right. then. So maybe uh. that could rub him the wrong way. I don't know Mason Rudolph well. We haven't seen enough of Mason Rudolph to really know that about him. We've seen him more than the other two, at least up close and personal. Mitch obviously has a much more impressive and right. and, and longer track record as far as an NFL quarterback is concerned. But really quick, Tom, yeah. let's not forget, this isn't necessarily the first time Mason Rudolph has lost out on a starting position on this team. Flashback to 2019. Couldn't get it back from Duck Hodges. Couldn't do it. Even lost lost we, it to Duck Hodges and then sh- couldn't get it back. probably it back earlier than he did. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just... That was a crazy year. It was kind of like you're on a heater at a craps table and you don't want to change the hand that you're rolling with. You know what right. I mean? Like, uh, why would I? Why would I change the hand that I'm going to roll this? But they did the same thing the whenever, whenever Duck kind of soiled. They went back to Mason and they stuck with him until Mason got hurt. And he was going to win that Jets game. He was going to win that Jets game. No, he was. And then he got hurt. Yeah, you you had to go back to Duck. Yep, exactly. So. I think that again, that's the dream scenario though. Pickett, Trubisky, and then Rudolph is your third guy, and you know I think it's going to be a pretty heated battle between Trubisky and, and Pickett. Like, I don't envy the decision that has to be made by Mike Tomlin here as far as who's going to be the starting quarterback because that's that's a tough one, especially with the weight of the pressure of P. 
people want you to play that first round pick. You know what I mean? Like, right. especially when he's 24 years old. Like, you want to get this guy out there as fast as you possibly can. So, don't envy the decision that has to come down. But at the same time, I mean, competition couldn't do anything but positives, I think, for both the team and both these two quarterbacks. Now, no one has been anointed. You know what I mean? Like, Trubisky, hey, we signed you. And he might have been coming in off of that contract and being like, I know they say it's a position battle between Mason Rudolph, but they wouldn't have signed me for two years if they mm-hmm. really like Mason Rudolph. I'm the guy. Hey, guys, come down to Florida and let's, uh, you know, catch passes because I'm the starting quarterback, you know. And then they draft Pickett in the first round, and it's kind of like, oh, I don't know if it's as guaranteed anymore. Now he's the first round. But, you know, like, I'm a first round pick. I was number two overall pick, but like that was yesterday's news. This is today's headlines, and he is the number one guy coming into town. This is a legit battle now in my mind. So. Either way, it shakes out. Obviously, it's the best-case scenario if Pickett wins it. Can't be anything but a good thing for both of these guys to be pushed and have that competition and not just come in and be anointed. Like, it's great to have Pickett be a first-round pick and not just fl- – uh, I was going to almost say fly into town, but <laughs> not just walk across the hallway and be like, all right, I'm going to sit in my big quarterback number one lazy boy chair. Like, nope, you know you're going to have to earn that. It's not exactly like you're walking into a Sam Darnold or to someone who's completely washed. There's still potential there with with Trubisky that you have to have to dethrone. Yeah, I I don't know if dethrone is the right word, Tom, because I guess that's fair because he's not like it's, he's the number one that you have to go grab. It's, it's I mean, thank like, it. Right we now. we didn't even know who was going to be the number one starter before the draft. I mean. Yes, you went out and you signed Mitch Trubisky, but it we wasn't a knew, given. I mean, we you kind of knew, but it's, you could... I would say it's foggier now than it was before the draft. Well, that's because I like the prospect of Kenny versus Mitch a lot more than Mitch versus Mason. Okay, that's fair. I but again, yeah, still, Kenny you... has more potential than Mason for sure. I mean, I think he has and honestly, more potential I think a higher than, floor, than... which is something that Tomlin said last night too. He loves the floor being so high with Pickett. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's not that much risk. And just, I mean, risk, both the floor, as much compared to other quarterbacks. Both the floor and ceiling are higher for Kenny. For I think Mitch and versus Mitch and Mason, if you ask me. But it's still. I know we were saying when Mitch was signed that he's likely to be the starter. It was never a give. It, it was never pen to paper. Depth chart was released in August. Mitch's QB one, Mason's QB two. So dethrone. I don't know if that's the right word because it was never Probably his not. throne to sit on, but certainly he could beat out Mitch, just simply put. Isn't it funny that after all of this, you know, months of draft coverage, we rewind all the way back to around the combine, and the Steelers said if the Kenny Pickett was there at number 20, they would take him? Right. I believe Dale Lawley was the Dale first to say that. that yeah. yeah, and it's just so funny that, like, even though it was, po- like even a, though it was said, we were saying, oh, but what if Malik Willis is there? Oh, but what if Jordan like Davis that, is there? What if Chris Olave is there? It's like those great Scooby Doo cartoons, right? Where they show you who the killer or the monster <laughs> is at the very beginning of the, the very movie, beginning. and then you kind of forget about him because he's such a like whatever scene, mm-hmm. and you go through and you think this guy's the killer or this guy's the monster or that's the person, and then the kids unmask him, and it's the guy from the beginning of the show. What I didn't the, the- first person introduced it, to but us. They gave it to you they gave it to you right there and you just didn't want to see it you just kept looking past it and that's kind of exactly what happened the Steelers all the smoke screens of wings with Malik Willis and oh they love Malik Willis it looks like their country looking at all these quarterbacks and then Ritter pops up in these random mock drafts Mm -hmm. and and some talk about Desmond Ritter as well and the whole time Dale Lawley right at the combine right at the beginning of things really ramping up Kenny Pickett at 20 we're taking him 
It's just funny how it came full circle like that. Call full circle, call it whatever you want. It was not full circle to Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert. To them, it was as straight of a line as possible. They had their guy, I guess, for however long he was there. It was the obvious pick for them. And uh, let's put on our tinfoil hat even more now, okay? Okay, let's do it. Maybe Dale breaks that report. And do the Steelers think they have the need to get extra hard on the smokescreen to be like, well, now our actual intentions are out there. Let's get the misdirection game mm-hmm. going, right? Because we are picking 20 after all. And what did Colbert say right away in his press conference? Surprised that he was there when they were picking at number 20. I think Kevin Colbert may have been the least or the most surprised person. He thought of, it was among. I just think other people thought it was a lot more likely that Pickett would be there than Willis. Yeah, I think that's fair, too. You know, I, I think that Pickett was the one that seemed to be falling down the boards, and Willis was the one that seemed to be the guy that, oh, he's the home run hitter. He's the one that you want to get. If you're going to ta- take a first-round pick, he's the one that you want to get, right? So I think that makes sense to me that Willis was the guy that you thought would be the far-fetched one to drop, and Pickett would be there, and you would be inclined to pass on him. But, again, like we said, both were in their lap, and they chose Pickett, so the entire time they were infatuated with Kenny Pickett. And it's interesting that he was thinking about maybe trading up for the quarterback, but they just decided to hold, like a good poker player, they just decided to hold on to their hand, mm-hmm. and it just worked out that way. Once Trevor Penning went to uh, New Orleans, I'm sure that there was a big sigh of relief from everybody in that war room. I mean... We, we talked about this in the last episode. Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans, possibly Washington. All these teams just continue to pass. Houston, you can maybe throw in there because is Davis Mills really the guy? They just kept passing and passing and passing. And then even though New Orleans had traded up earlier, they still sat right before Pittsburgh at number 19. I know. And you got over that final hurdle. I don't even... So so here's the funny thing, Tom, is that we were saying in our previous episode, wow, I, you know, if if Malik Willis had gone to Carolina, which was the team that we had predicted him to go to time and time again, and it was just Pickett, people would be – we we could be hypothesizing today saying, man, you just don't know what the Steelers would have done if Willis and Pickett were there. Now you want to do throw a hypothetical out there. We know what happened. Right, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett were both there. What if Kenny Pickett had gone and Malik Willis was the only guy available? Would they have even gone quarterback? Would they have gone Malik Willis or would they have just gone best available? Listen, that's something we're never going to know, right? Right, but I wonder which is... I I wonder how likely they would have been to bite on Malik Willis. I, I don't know. Honestly, it depends on how high they had Malik Willis in comparison to Kenny Pickett. And, I mean, they were pretty good at hiding their cards. So I'd I, like to, really quick, let's just look at the guys who went after Kenny Pickett. Trent McDuffie, the cornerback to wash, uh, from Washington to Kansas City. Quay Walker, an inside linebacker. Kier Elam, cornerback. Tyler Smith, tackle. Linderbaum at center. That one hurt, Tom. <laughs> Linderbaum at center to the Ravens. Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end. Devin Lloyd, someone who was picking up a lot of steam in, in uh, Pittsburgh. I believe Jerry Dulac sent out a tweet around mid-afternoon yeah, saying, if you haven't been paying attention to Devin Lloyd and you're a Steelers fan, you may want to check in on him. Meanwhile, he becomes the replacement for the guy that the Steelers right, picked up from right. Jacksonville. Devontae Wyatt, defense, another defensive tackle. Cole Strange, 
Probably the biggest question mark of the first round out of Chattanooga. Did you see the Todd McShay press conference? It was Todd McShay and I believe the GM of the Rams doing like a joint press conference. And they were cracking up at Cole Strange. They were like, oh, I mean, everyone knows we're going to have a first round pick. But even we were looking at Cole Strange in the second round. So thanks to England for making that a lot easier on us. Well. The thing is, like, Greeny announced it, and he was like, oh, that's weird. Like, right away. Like, right, right away. When he said it. But you know Greeny, Jets sure. fan. He hates the Patriots. But, okay, so your point. And what, then George Karloftis, Daxon Hill, and Lewis Sainz. Are you just naming Cine, names? Two safeties. Here? Sorry, what's that? Are you just naming names, or is there a point coming No, those were, the, those were the last three picks. Is there any one of those names that I listed of the, of the 12 beyond Kenny Pickett that you would have been looking at the draft recap this morning and said, yes, I I would have been okay if the Steelers went with one of those 12 guys over Pickett. Of course. You don't think so? You don't think we would be happy if they took Linderbaum or if they took one of those cornerbacks or even if they took the D-tackle wide out of Georgia? I think we would have a pretty happy day as far as saying that the Steelers had a solid draft, but I don't no, think I'm, it, I'm, wouldn't have had the magic that we have today. Of course, of course, the splash comes with picking a quarterback. Of course. I, I guess the one you could say maybe Trent McDuffie. Get an I would extra say corner in here. The D tackle why it might be another one. But they're gonna get all these in the next day or two. That's what I'm saying and they is like that Pickett. Well, obviously defensive in the line is mind, deep. they didn't think anybody was I guess it. so. Right. That's I mean. what I'm saying is that clearly I mean they wanted Kenny Pickett. But say Kenny Pickett had been gone, say say the New Orleans Saints went with Kenny Pickett at number nineteen. Right. Right? Which could have happened. Do you see any of those guys, 12 guys, being good enough for the Steelers to say, well, we wanted a quarterback. It may not be Kenny Pickett, but Malik Willis is there. However, we like this guy like much this. more. Maybe they go the D-tackle now. Right, 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 right. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make I here. Know. And I think it probably wouldn't have shaken out that way. I don't know if they were as high on Malik Willis, but they have some extra picks to make, and they have extra areas of need to fill. So wrapping up this episode, where do you kind of get a sense of them going? Their next pick is number 52 tonight. Uh, let's just look at let's start here Malik Willis the best prospect still on the board where do you see him maybe going to or is there a team that potentially might because like just off the bat Buccaneers next no Vikings no Titans well no. Tom do you think someone could take him as a backup do you not think that the Buccaneers who we've seen in mock drafts take like a Desmond Ritter or a, or a Corral say oh, I mean Malik Willis is pretty good do you not see that as a possibility? Do you think maybe that's why they traded back out of the first round? So they're like, oh, we don't want to take him in the first round, but we'll see if he lasts to the second round. Maybe. They're in the catbird seat right now, though. I bet that there's teams calling them right now asking to jump up to to maybe grab him. Maybe like maybe, so, maybe Carolina, right? Like look, maybe they're so on Tam- the phone trying right. to grab him. Tampa Bay's an option, but let's look past them. Minnesota, I think they're set. Ne- well, uh, Minnesota the Titans- was going to take him. I think they would have taken him with Louis Cine. Right. pick at 32 instead of... You know, they pick two play picks later. Right. There's right. really no risk. Why would you risk having Willis get Tennessee is, I think, okay with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, of course. I think the, the Giants, Giants aren't going to take him. I don't think they are. The Texans right after? The Jets right after no, that? No, on the Bears either. I think Seattle's back-to-back picks at 40 Maybe. and 41. If things hold pat and there's no trades, which, I mean, there were so many yesterday. How could you say there aren't going to be? The Colts obviously won't. Go. That's their first pick of the draft because they traded their t- – their first-round pick in order to acquire Carson Wentz last year. Could you see the Lions, who have already been aggressive, trying to trade up from 46 Again. into the 30s to get him, to grab him? Well, they that- would. I think the one team they would need to move past is probably Atlanta. 
So is it even worth it? Or Seattle, I think. They'd have to jump. Yeah, Seattle, Seattle maybe. Picks. And I guess. So you... Se- but Seattle, I mean, Drew Locke, is that an. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> you, what, you, <laughs> did, you, did you run out of steam in the middle of your take there because you knew it wasn't? Yeah. 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 I, I think Washington that... could also move up because they're right behind Detroit. Well, Would they... Washington move up ahead of Detroit? Yeah, I think Washington's going to be good with Wentz, though. I don't know if they're going to take the quarterback. Especially with them moving all around the draft. Like, if they were mm-hmm. going to take him, maybe they would have taken him where they had their picks. I think Willis is obviously the big name that hasn't gotten picked yet, but where do you think N'Kobe Dean's going to go? Because I think he's the best player that's still out there. The linebacker out of Georgia. Right. Georgia had five players taken in the Well, I'll tell you where he's not going to go. He's not going to go to Tampa Bay because no, they have there. the best inside linebacker. Minnesota kind of fits, though, right? Like, get a big time linebacker in there. Maybe someone you well, can didn't build they your just, defense around. Didn't they just acquire. Um, Shoot, I keep forgetting his name. Well, if you from, forget his from name, Green he can't Bay. Be that good. I did. Yeah, I've done this before. <laughs> I've done this before. Tennessee's another team. I, I don't think N'Kobe Dean's gonna make it past any team. Like he's such a good inside linebacker. That's that, a like, guy I, where like regardless, a will take him. A Giants will take him. You know regardless what I mean? like, of your team needs, he's that good. Yeah, like. The Texans have been building, you know, in, in this draft through uh, they got a guard and then they got Derek Stingley Jr. What if they get a linebacker to go with Stingley Jr., mm-hmm. right? And they're just right. like, well, the Texans need everything, right? So, right. like, anytime the Texans come up, I bet the best player available will, will probably go off the board, right? Like, it's possible. Or, By the way, the Minnesota Vikings guy is Zadarius Smith from Green Bay, but he's an outside linebacker. So, pair this guy with an so inside guy. Go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Dean's going to make it too far. But anyway. 52 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. I think the dream for me, because honestly, man, the best wide receiver that's still on the board right now is Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. He probably won't make it to the Steelers. I know that Sky Moore, a lot of people are attracted to him. He could be there at 52. Maybe you get a John Mechie the third out of Alabama. Alabama guy. I know he was a second fiddle there, but hey, I'm sure he's still pretty talented. He could be there. But Travis Jones, the defensive tackle out of Connecticut. That's someone who we had in our most recent draft. I think that's the dream, right? I think that's the guy you're kind of hoping for because, again, you need that wide receiver, but maybe you wait to the third round because it is such a deep class and wide receiver, and maybe, who knows, Sky Moore's there. There's probably more of it. It's possible. I mean, it's possible. I don't know how likely it is, but it's possible, I guess. But you still have, even if it's not Sky Moore, I mean. also make a small trade up to jump up higher in the third round to grab someone like that. You know what I mean? But absolutely, I I think D-tackle, Travis. If Travis Jones is on the board at 52, I think it's an easy pick. Yeah, I agree. And it's something that, this is something that Jerry Dulac uh, talked about yesterday while he was on the broadcast saying, they, this team, the Steelers, have gone so long without addressing the defensive line only because it's been so solid for so long that you can't go another year without addressing it in an early round. So I think if Travis Jones is there at 52, which we've seen it happen in mock drafts, I think he needs to be the pick as well. Uh, yeah, it just makes so much sense to me, and that could even be considered a bit of a steal too because I think that there was – I mean, Dale was speculating him maybe jumping up into the first round, right? Like – there were some talks that he might get some looks into that higher round as far as who who was going to take Travis Jones. So my I, I, my feeling is that he will um, probably not be there because he's another one of these guys that might have just fallen a little too far and then a team mm-hmm. that just needs everything, like a, a Giants or a Jets. Just, hey, hey, let me grab more. Just give me as much talent. Like Teams that are just trying to grab as much talent as they can in that stage of a rebuild, I could see that potentially happening. 
But as far as him falling to the Steelers, I will hope that it happens, and it would be a really good scenario. Even if he doesn't, though, I think that you still would have to kick around maybe taking a different defensive tackle. It's just such a big position of need. You could still potentially get DeMarvin Leal, the guy we picked in the third round of our mock draft right. that we did before the draft. He could still be there at 52. So I mean, he could be there at, what is it, 81, uh, 83? I, I think get the best defensive tackle that's going to be there and, yeah. and use a premium pick because, hey, second-round picks, I know they're not as good as first-round picks, but they're pretty premium in the NFL. They can, they can, can be contributors. Yes, of course, immediately. So maybe grab a contributor right away at that defensive tackle position. That might be the way to go. And then you look at wide receiver as soon as possible after that. And, again, I'm not ruling out the opportunity of potentially trading up into the end of the second round or early third round to get that wide wide receiver tonight. Excuse me. Yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with it. I think if Travis Jones or Neil, if Travis Jones is gone, but Neil is still there, I think you got to go one of the two, right, in the second. Yeah, I think so. I, I think unless, well, what if? Let me paint you this little scenario. Oh, what boy. if Christian Watson is still there, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State? If it's between Jones and Watson, I go Jones. If it's between N- Neil and Watson. I he's six foot five, two hundred and eight pounds. Like that's insane for a wide receiver. Oh man, that's a it's a much harder it's decision. Such a risk, though, because I he's think... either in the second round now because he went to North Dakota State and that's a mistake and he's gonna ball out because he's a specimen, or he's in the second round because he went to North Dakota State and he's not going to be that good because he went to North Dakota State, right? Like it's Right, it's, but there's a, a little kid that I know of. I think he went to Toledo. He made an all-pro team his rookie year. Uh, God, what's his name? I mean, yeah, AB went to Central Michigan. I get your point. Like, Right, so, I mean, you can get smaller. You can get Cooper Cup undrafted. I don't even know where Eastern Cooper Cup. Washington. There you go. The Eagles. Do you, you know go. they play on red turf up there? I did not. I thought the only <laughs> cool turf was in Boise. Well, now you know that there's another yeah. one up in Washington. So, yeah, I think wide receiver definitely needs to be addressed as soon as possible. But I also after think you get the defensive tackle. Yes, okay. Yep. That's where I was going to go. And then, I mean, as far as other positions, I'd like another tackle on the offensive side, right? I mean, I think right, we're talking but... about that being a, a good spot to get. Or I think safety is a deep spot in this class mm-hmm. as well. Just because you signed Edmonds doesn't mean you can't bring in another safety. I sure. think. At least one person from the secondary, corner, safety, what have you, is going to be picked in this draft as well tonight or in the weekend. So we are saying now that we'd like to see tonight in the second and third round the Steelers go... D-tackle wide receiver, right? Right. And then that's a good night. Tomorrow is going to be a little interesting because you have your fourth round pick, but you don't have your fifth, right? Correct. So who Unless do you, you prioritize? That's true, but assuming you don't, who do you prioritize with that? At four, from that gap that from four to six. Well, if we get our tackle on the defensive side and a wide receiver, right? If would, you say say tonight works player. out, I mean, let's let's be honest. Kevin Colbert is batting a hundred. According to him, he's batting a hundred for this draft. Yeah, this so is if, the guy they want. If he all keeps along. going, Can he pick it no matter what. If he keeps going, if he keeps having luck fall his way. Steelers will end up with a defensive tackle and wide receiver tonight, after tonight. So where do you think he he would put his chips into the pile next? Right. I think assuming that, there's no trade back into yeah, the fifth round. And obviously it depends 
on, and this is the fourth round pick, so this is the, before they get that big gap in the Right, in the that's trip. what I'm saying. Assuming that they don't use obviously, one of their second seven round, or two seventh round picks to jump into the fifth. Obviously, it's just depending on where what's available to you. Of course, that ha- that's a factor at this point in the draft. But I would say between the positions of secondary or offensive tackle, who do we have highest on our big board that's still there? Take that position with my fourth round pick. Okay. Best available between those two? Yeah, and I think that you would agree with that. No? Yeah, sure, I think that's the right move. And honestly, I lean more towards offensive tackle because Chooks and Dan Moore, I, I trust Dan Moore more than Chooks. They gave the contract to Chooks. I'd like a little bit more security on the tackle side of things. So sure. I wouldn't be upset getting a fourth-round tackle. You can find some diamonds in the rough there. Sure. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. We will come back and wrap up the entire first round, talk about it from an NFL perspective, talk about some steals, talk about some guys that fell, talk about what teams had great nights and what teams swung and missed. That's all on the way on our next episode, but thanks for giving this one a listen. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman. Always appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next time.